Hey, what's up? This is your girl, Diamond Styles, and I am the master chef, cooking you up something succulent and divine. It's your boy, Zaheer, and we are serving hot talk and cool iced tea. And I'm Mia Mix, here to set the tone and make sure the mood is right. So come on in and get comfortable. Pull up a chair, have a seat. You can even take your shoes off. Wait, not if your feet is down. <laughs> oh, hell no. Welcome, Welcome to, to Marsha's Plate. The time has come for you to be the change you want them to be, yeah. No more running around filled with all hypocrisy, yeah. It starts from the inside, it spreads wide, and everything will be all right. Conversation hashtag Marsha's Plate. Oh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We want to hear what you guys have to say. You can also help us build community by becoming a patron on patreon.com slash Marsha's Plate. By contributing to this podcast, you help us continue our powerful work to change culture one episode at a time. So let's get started. Hey y'all, what's up? This is your girl Diamond Styles. Oh my god, I like I, I I feel so good about this episode. Yay, 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 yay. So um this is a special episode where I share with you guys um one of my many gigs. I get to share with you guys. So this weekend I was paid paid, meaning that I got somebody got some coins from me. <laughs> I was paid to be a panelist at an event produced by Queen Culture Initiative and Commonwealth Club of San Francisco. Out in California, y'all, San Francisco, it was so sickening. I live for it. The San Francisco tree. The only thing that I did not live for is San Francisco's steep ass motherfucking streets. <laughs> I call myself because it reminded me how out of shape I was. I call myself, you know, going to the little corner store, the Walgreens. I had Googled it and it said that it was three blocks away. And I said, oh, I'm just going to tip from the hotel and, you know, go to Walgreens and get me some condoms, some lube, things that I might need for the evening. Once I see what San Francisco serving a sexy black woman like me <laughs> for the nighttime delights. <laughs> so I get my ass up, get all cute and go to the Walgreens. So I'm going down this little steep ass hill. And I'm like, wait, this is a this is like a steep. <laughs> this is like wait. This is like a workout going down this hill. And at that moment, I didn't think that you know I didn't think about going back up because you know it's, this is nothing. You know it's just three blocks, so it's no tea. Baby, I go to the Walgreens, get my things, and now I got to go back up these hills. Baby, when I tell you that mother was out of breath. It was three blocks, three blocks of hell. <laughs> I was hot, panting, heart was pounding. Boom, 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 boom. Baby, baby, if if I did not know that I need to be in somebody's gym 
Before this, I knew then, baby, and these people was walking past me, holding hands and strolling up these hills like they were nothing, like they were used to this. And I'm looking at looking at them like, motherfuckers, I don't know that this is a, like a roller coaster incline that y'all are just strolling up, carrying, carrying y'all groceries, holding hands like y'all in love and just not ignoring this incline. And I'm sitting here like... I'm I'm here panting about to get on my knees and crawl up this hill because this is horrible. <laughs> then I get to like the last, the last, like the last block. So I got up two hills. This is the last hill. I'm like, I don't know if I can make it. And I look at my phone and I'm thinking about calling me a lift <laughs> for this one block to get back to the hotel. I'm like, oh no, I can't, I can't, I, I just, I, I, I can't embarrass myself and call a lift. Call a lift? <laughs> for one block no bitch you gonna do this you gonna get up this hill and you gonna t- handle your business get up this hill so i get ready so i'm like <sighs> heart pumping still from the last two hills okay all right this is the last one so i'm going up the hill so this one is the hardest one because i already went up too i'm going up oh shit people is walking past me asking me am i right get away from me i'm all right leave me alone I'm going up the hill. Uh, I got to hold on to the rail, hold on to the wall, hold on to the bushes. I'm, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm a fat bitch. Shit. Come on. Finally get to the top. And I want to do like a Rocky celebration jump up and down. <laughs> but it was it would embarrass me because everybody looking at me and I'm like, mm, I don't want to act like this was a success. <laughs> in front of everybody but i got up the hill and finally got back to my hotel so that was the latest thing about san francisco (laughs) but other than that i had a wonderful time at this event and i wanted to i wanted to share with you guys so here we go the event was called state of emergency violence against trans women's forum the amazing aria saeed organized and coordinated this event because she too has her finger on the pulse of the community so she knew just the girls to call when she wanted to get this event together it was me tony michelle out of atlanta and our host for the event honey mahogany representing the non-binary spectrum um, of the trans feminine side so this was an amazing event i wanted to um let you guys listen to it. And the great thing about this event, the other element, is that we actually got it recorded. So if you don't want to listen to the podcast, like, you know, some people like the passive listening of podcasts. But if you don't want to listen and you actually want to see a video of this going on, actually, you can go down in the link in the bottom and it's right there. You can just click it and go watch us. <laughs> or you can sit here and listen to our lovely voices on this here podcast. Yes, so that's about it. I want y'all to listen to the show. Um, I hope you grow from it, and I hope you enjoy it. So here we go. Let's get started. Yeah. You sound beautiful. That was so gorgeous. Thank you. Yes. Well, how you doing? How you doing? How you doing? Uh, (laughs) After all that? Come on now. I feel awoke. Awoken. Um. We are here to talk about, I think, a topic that is long overdue. Mm. It's long overdue that we had this conversation here at the Commonwealth Club in San Francisco as a community. Why are black and brown trans women being murdered? Mm. It's a heavy topic. 
Um, and to open up this conversation, I actually wanted to take a quote from Laverne Cox. She says, I did an interview once where I said that the men who date trans women are more oppressed than trans people are. And the community lost their minds. As they should have. Okay. <laughs> she says, the truth is I misspoke when I said that. I was trying to have empathy for the men who are attracted to trans women, but the reality is that they are not as oppressed as we are. I've dated them and had sex with them in New York, all the Wall Street dudes, the hedge fund dudes. We think of those people as very privileged and having a lot of power, and in some ways they do, but in other ways they don't. The second you don't toe the line of patriarchy, you're excommunicated from it. At the same time, by having sex with trans women secretly, so many men fail to relinquish any of that power or be critical of those systems that oppress trans people. Mm. It would be nice, it would be nice, if some of the men who sleep with trans women would actually speak out about the oppression of trans women. There is a self-loathing there. There's also this whole space of oppressing someone that you've had sex with. Slave owners had sex with slaves. That does not mean they were down for the liberation of slaves or even had the capacity to love them. Hey. Ladies, what do you think? I think that's beautiful. I think those was beautiful words. And one of the things that I, I think is amazing that you start off with that because it's t it gives you a full scale of how you can say something in one moment and then you grow and learn based on, you know, people holding you accountable. And you come back with an amazing new question to ask mm -hmm. after your mistake. And I think we all can mm -hmm. learn from that. So because we all are going through this process. Everybody's not going to have the right answers. Mm -hmm. Everybody, um, we, are, we are at the precipice of change. And so we are those change makers. So we're not going to always have the right things to say. Mm -hmm. But as long as we have our community to hold us accountable and we make those changes, mm -hmm. that's the most important thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, what stuck with me was actually the last sentence, mm. which was, um, read it again for me, baby. Yes. <laughs> Capacity to love, There's, but I want the whole thing. There's also this whole space of oppressing someone that you've had sex with. Mm -hmm. Slave owners had sex with slaves. Mm -hmm. That does not mean they were down for the liberation of slaves mm -hmm. or even had the capacity to love them. Mm -hmm. Yes, the capacity mm -hmm. to love them. Um, I think that when we talk about our relationships and our relationship to each other, um, just as humans, right? We deal with so much shit that we even forget to love ourselves sometimes, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about the, the capacity to love, mm -hmm. that takes practice. And so when we talk about like the, um, the murders of black trans women, mm -hmm. and we're talking about the violence that we're facing, mm -hmm. um, that's what we're up against. We're up against an unlearning of how we've been loving ourselves and loving each other and it hasn't been feeling good, right? Mm -hmm. And so it is, again, it's creating and generating more capacity to hold love for each other, um, to hold space for each other. Um, I think that's, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. capacity to love. 
I think what's interesting for me about this quote is that, you know, Laverne almost seems to make, uh, in her previous statement, make an excuse for men, right? Mm -hmm. Like she's saying like, well, yes, you know, they have issues, but they're also oppressed and that's why they behave this way. Do you think that that oppression is one of the reasons why trans women are being murdered today? Hmm. To my girls out there, which I don't, <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, but I don't think that's just trans women. Mm. I think that... Absolutely. I think that black women especially, black cis women... Um, any our babies. Gays, our babies, like the people... I, I, it's just I, it's not just us like patriarchy is kind of a widespread thing mm -hmm. um, racism is a widespread thing mm -hmm. so it's not just us right. yes um, we're um, the difference I think it is is the difference is that society says it's okay to kill us because mm -hmm. they part. don't see us as human mm -hmm. that part you see what I'm saying so whereas somebody else on an, in another demographic um, might have a little bit more humanity than us um, they we we are crazy and mental um, um, we're just prostitutes um, we're not the Cream of the cream of the crop of society, so we really don't matter. So we don't have to do studies about why we're getting killed. We don't. We they don't have to do studies about. Um, they don't even have to put us on the damn census. That's right. <laughs> you know because they don't they don't care about us. So um, I think that I think that's one of the difference one of the difference between other demographics. But yes, that that's a major part of why we're being murdered. And then, do you think that that in turn? makes us more likely to create excuses for our men because we feel like they are. Well, you know, I was, um, when you were talking, I was thinking about, um, number one, I was thinking about love and I was thinking about conditions, right? Like, you know, we love people with conditions, even though we all desire to be like love without them, right? Mm -hmm. There are some things that we got to do so that we feel safe again, like in relationship to each other. Mm -hmm. um, one thing that I think that black women in particular struggle with, um, not even struggle with, one thing that we haven't practiced um, is truly holding men accountable. Mm -hmm. um, and we were talking about about this earlier today, um, but it is how our parents, right, were in relationship to men and what and what they modeled for us, right? Yeah. Our aunties and our grandmas, and when the when the uncles misgender us and the grandmas don't say nothing, mm. or you know, it is it is those acts of violence, mm -hmm. like those pieces of things that. Um, perpetuate the more, right? It mm -hmm. perpetuates the babies um, thinking and seeing that that's okay um, to, uh, yeah, to enact that kind of violence. Um, yeah. And then add, into the add to the uncles and the people and stuff like that, we got a, we, one of the things that has been a constant in my life when I'm, when I'm with people, people love to tell me their secrets. Mm -hmm. Because I'm a trans person, they feel like, oh, you can't judge me. You're trans. So I'm going to tell you all my secrets. <laughs> <laughs> all the teams. So usually I'm the one in the family that holds all the secrets. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. So at the same time that this dude, is mis my uncle is misgendering me, I know that you molested my auntie when she was five. I know mm -hmm. that, you know, you used to be, before y'all got all churchified, you used to beat her. <laughs> or before you got your condition where she had to heal you through because you know that, mm. people think that you know women are the rehabilitation centers of men 
like we like we get them like we, we once you get a good woman we gonna you gonna be a good man and then you gotta deal with his bullshit for twenty years okay. and finally ooh let me put a ring on it right right <laughs> but and then it really comes out <laughs> right yes. yes but knowing knowing that we hold these secrets and then navigating that space of growing up in where they're keeping the secrets but then you're judging me at the same time but not judging them it just it's just, it, it's a dynamic that i think is really unique with us but but it's not god i can't i can't stress enough the importance to love your children mm unconditionally because we were talking about our parents yes. and even though they had a journey of transitioning with us yes because they lose their um they lose their dream too they lose they lose their dream of what their son could be what their daughter could be all oh so many things that they have dreamed of us before yeah. we even are born but when we come out as trans and um share our experience with them and share our journey with them mm-hmm. they're going through a process too and and I just want to say thank you to my mother. Okay. <laughs> because yeah. without that process, even through her struggles, um, it allowed me to have more capacity to love myself. Yeah. Because I got it from her. And I right. got, um, even in our struggles, even in, in the misgendering, all the negative that comes along with being trans, she still showed me, well, regardless, you are my child. And I might struggle through this. But... Mm. I love you and I'm going to do my best to try it. So yeah, in 90 I'm old. So in 95 when you transitioned, I was heeing you down. He he him 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 him. But now in 2018 it's nothing but diamond and she and her and mm. all the things that I need from her because yeah. she had the capacity to love me. Yeah. And I think um I think that's really important to point out. Yeah, well, we were talking about this. We were eating lunch together today. Mm-hmm. Just to give a little context, you know, we wanted to see San Francisco before we got on the stage. Like, yes, yes. Where'd you eat? Where'd you go to lunch? Where'd you go to lunch? Brazil. 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 Okay. We went to the mall. It was next to Nordstrom. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. And it was really cute. Um, but no, we were, talk- we were talking about our moms. And I think, like, where you were getting to is... Oh, a few things, girl. You said so many good things. One thing is understanding the art of transformation, mm. right? So we are, everybody transitions, girl, mm-hmm. right? Everybody transforms and have something that they desire to transform inside of them. Whether if it's a piece and he want more muscles, okay? Mm-hmm. Whether it's, <laughs> it means that he want more muscles, uh, whether it's uh, a woman who just had a baby and desires to have a flatter stomach, right? Mm-hmm. We all transition something physical in our bodies. Mm-hmm. We also all experience transitions of our spirits. Mm-hmm. We grow up, mm-hmm. right? We grow up quickly for some of us, especially my girls, queer folks of color. We have to learn how to love ourselves because ain't nobody else telling us that. Ain't nobody else seeing us in the ways that we desire and deserve to be seen, mm-hmm. right? So we we have to learn those things. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that just actually just puts us a little further along the scale than other people sometimes as they are going through the world and matriculating and learning how to love themselves, learning how to uh, love other people and figuring out their relationship with people. So I think that once we really start talking about 
um, transformation in a different way, our relationship to the word, our relationship to the people who embody transformation, right? Mm -hmm. Us, right? That, um, that they will have a better understanding. The third thing, maybe I was on number two, but the third thing, <laughs> <laughs> the third thing um, again, is our... Um, uh, how we transform and how um, yes acknowledging that again everybody yes how everybody yes our mamas I'm sorry mm -hmm. here I am <laughs> bam when you said um, about mamas um, having to transition as well mm -hmm. and families having to transition as well you know sometimes people call me problematic but I feel like you know we're all responsible for this right we're all we are all responsible for each other Everybody say it with me. We're all, all responsible, responsible for, for each other. And I just really believe that um, a little tidbit to us folks, um, girls like me and folks like me, um, what I just want to say is that um, in this experience, we learn uh, because we waiting for so long for people to see us and hear us again in the ways that we desire. You know, we lose patience. Right now, we're all tired, bitch. Don't call me out of my name anymore we deserve that right. we deserve that and what transforms the energy and the space of what whatever that situation is in my personal experience with my family is actually just being a little bit patient with them and we already are right mm -hmm. but there's an intention and a commitment and a mm -hmm. practice when it shifts and when it is different. Absolutely. My baby Luna's shaking her head. She's like, yes, come through. Well, what um, about this belief that transgender people, going back to the idea of like why trans women are murdered, right? Yeah. What about this belief that these murders are happening in response to a deception, right? I mean, that's the thing that is constantly put out in the media through these court cases and pleading like I didn't know. Um, what are your thoughts around that? Is there any truth to that? Is it mostly just stories? It's propaganda. It's a lie. Like, most of us are not out here chicken. Is it some? Maybe. Maybe. But most of the dudes, if you pay attention to the cases, they know. They, know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. they already know. Mm -hmm. um, it's not a... It, 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 it's not all... It's just not. It's just they are... Find, they're enjoying us however they enjoy us and then usually it's somebody outside of the enjoyment finds out mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or um, they're trying to whatever status quo like we just had a recent thing came out where uh, not that this person is trans but where a, mm -hmm. <laughs> I know what you're talking about yes where um, a popular basketball player was exposed and allegedly blah, 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 allegedly and um, and now because his status quo is in jeopardy his status and his masculinity and da 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 now we have to threaten we have to hold that up and try to keep that. No, I'm not gay. Let me go beat your ass to prove everybody mm -hmm. that. And sometimes that ass beating turns into um, a murder. Um, so they're trying to keep this status. And so I have to destroy you because if I destroy you, you can't tell the truth and I can lie about it. Mm -hmm. um, you can't tell people that we've been texting all this time because usually, like the girl in Dallas, I don't know, a couple of years ago, they're 
text messages. He tried to lie and say he didn't know. But when the investigators found out, you've been knowing for months mm-hmm. and y'all been hooking up. You've mm-hmm. been knowing what the T was. And that's usually the case. I usually know. It's a lie to think that we're just out here tricking people because mm-hmm. it's just not the truth. Yeah. And, and we don't hold them accountable. At all. And we... I'm so, yeah. Yeah. That's that's <laughs> that's so that's, that's going to come back to me, but Yeah, well, I mean, just go along those lines, um there was a man named James Dixon who mm. murdered Elon Nettles in Harlem mm. in 2014, and he stated in his trial that he did so because when he flirted with her, his friends made fun of him and he was embarrassed. Right. Coward. You're a coward. That's, a, that's holding them accountable. Stand in your fucking manhood mm-hmm. by saying, this is what I like. I'm going to stand right here. <laughs> right. <laughs> Isn't that what we, what patriarchy says a man does? Stand in what he likes and stand in what he does and mean what he says? He don't have to be clandestine hiding in the back, doing stuff behind people closed doors. This is who I am. I'm the man. I like this. I like da 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 if you're doing that, then why are you hiding this? Right. I was just on Instagram today and I saw through my feed that Laverne Cox reposted a picture that her partner had posted mm-hmm. who um, was a picture of the two of them and him saying like, I am you know, a cisgendered straight man. This is my partner. I love her. I think more you know, cis straight men need to come forward and admit Absolutely. that they love trans women and are attracted to trans women. Do you think that, you know, and this is someone of course who, you know, is also in a relationship with Laverne Cox. So is this newfound visibility, this moment mm-hmm. that we're having, is this changing any of this stigma or is it, do you think it's actually increasing it? No, I actually think it's increasing it. Okay. Absolutely. Yes. Honestly, honestly, shame the it's, it's, a, it's a double-edged sword. I love people. I love seeing examples. I love seeing Janet's brilliant ass on TV wearing their ass out. I love seeing her just answer these questions and just killing them. I love it. But visibility and awareness does not fix my life. No. If, you're, if visibility and awareness doesn't come with some real life mechanism to help me survive, then it doesn't give me shit. It doesn't give me anything. Mm-hmm. You have to give me real life things to fix stuff about housing. Like, I don't care... One of the things I started, my, my podcast is Martha, Marsh, Marsha's Plate. One of the reasons why I wanted to start it is because when I, in 2016, when they was going through elections, when they talked to trans folks, they were talking about a bathroom issue. Mm-hmm. And that's not saying that that's not important, but I got housing issues. Mm-hmm. I got income inequality issues. Mm-hmm. I got health care issues. Mm-hmm. I got so many things that are more important that, that my survival depends on mm-hmm. than going to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. Like, so when we, when you bring us to the table and we're not deciding what the fuck is being fixed on that table, Mm. then that's not power. Access is not power. You're not giving us room to make the changes by putting us in front of the spotlight. Mm -hmm. They don't, looking pretty. That's cute. Giving us a $50 gift card. Or, or, or this is what they do. You say you are an organization that helps trans folks, but you don't want to hire us. Tell me that. You don't want to hire us, but you want us to come do the work for free. Right. <laughs> you want us to create programs for you. Show up so you can get paid. Show up so you can pay. Or right. hire our drag girls because we beat to do the benefit right. to raise you money. Yeah, right. 
But we, you ain't really paying us. You're you going to work for your tips and we, we take a little bit. No, you, come on. Like these people, you gotta, we got to hold, while we talk about holding the men accountable, hold some of the people that's allies accountable too. That's right. Because they're a part of it too. And I wanted to kind of add, kind of pose your question as well. When we talking about loving us, do they really love us or are they just having sex with us? Right. Wait a minute. Because I think when you when you talk about a man like that who is posting and sharing, that may be rooted in love. But a lot of the men are not fucking with us on some I love you shit. Mm. It's oh I love the object that you are, that you got dicks and tits. And oh, my God, I want to play with that. Mm -hmm. You feel what I'm saying? Like, it's not about love. It's about I'm objecting. I'm objectifying you like I do women. <laughs> because I'm used to this but women have a little bit of space not all the space but a little bit of space where I, I gotta treat them like humans but you you a tranny I can treat you like shit mm -hmm. and still objectify you mm -hmm. especially as a black trans woman because we have the the race you got a big BBC objectification and then mm -hmm. the, the how they objectify the women's the black women's body so we mm -hmm. got a, a bunch of stuff so I don't think it's always rooted in love. Yeah. So rooted in lust. Um, I, I think that's another reason why they feel like they don't need to come forward like that and share it because, oh, I'm just a, this is my, this, I'm just a freak. This ain't, I really, I'm going to end up marrying a woman. Mm -hmm. right. And I'm not going to tell her nothing. <laughs> and I'm going to, this ain't really me. This is just me. I don't need to, be, I don't, and I don't feel like I'm a part of this community. Right. Yeah. I'm just doing it. This is yeah. just a phase I'm going through. Ms. Tony, so you I was say thinking, yes, I'm like, I actually want to pose it back to you, right? The question <laughs> that you asked, the question, is it really love? And then you offer, possibly not. It could be lust. Um, and in a world that like I'm reimagining for all of us, it is love. Okay. Right. And again, if we go back to the original quote, right, it is actually not having the capacity to love, mm -hmm. thus resulting in what's comfortable and what's easiest, right? Um, which we're taught, they're taught, um, people who commit violence against us, right? And it's black men, police, we'll mm -hmm. get there in a second. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but... It is their... Um, wait, 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 hold on. I want to I wanna clean that up a little bit. So wait. we can't just say black men because we know that crimes are created in within community. So yes, black men are usually killing black trans women, whereas white men are usually killing white trans women. So it's not just, it's not just, mm -hmm. it's, this is a community thing. We are getting murdered at different rates, mm -hmm. but... It's interracial. I see. Yes. And still, bitch. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. And still. Um, and still, it's us. And I don't necessarily know the... And um, yeah, I'm not sure of experiences of white folks and other folks of color. <laughs> um, I can only speak from my experiences and the experience that I have with my sisters and the experiences that I have with other folks of color and white folks who be with me and my sister, right? Whatever they share with us is what I know. Um, and what I know is... Um, and this is not shaming men. This is, again, where we're here to really 
again, name the issue and name the problem, then offer some solutions. For us as black trans women, we are being, I am worried and I am concerned. I'm concerned for the girls that are, are dying out here. I'm concerned for their families who don't no longer have time or space or opportunity to practice building their capacity to love. I am worried and concerned for my sisters who are still here have, who have to bury them and paint their nails, you know, and 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 do their makeup when they're in the casket and fight their parents. And I'm worried about us. Mm-hmm. And for us, we have to say, hey, black men, stop murdering us. But we also have to say, hey, black family, it's time for a culture shift. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Black family, family, all of us, right? It's time for, well, I'm talking to us. And so for us, it is black families. Mm-hmm. It is time for a culture shift. It is time for us to practice again how we are listening to each other and being present with each other. You know, how we are not just respecting and, and you know, we were talking about this earlier. Um, folks from all movements have a similar desire mm-hmm. to be respected and to be left alone so they can be full up in their dignity, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, And be free. We all know that because of white supremacy and capitalism and shit, we're going to struggle with being free. But we can can have a fucking culture shift. Mm -hmm. We can change our relationship with each other and to Mm -hmm. each other. And I feel like once that that frees up the the nuanced pieces or the... um, uh, just use an example. My grandma, Betty Ruth. Shout out. Hope you're watching, baby. Grandma, Betty Come Ruth. through. Everybody say Betty Ruth. Betty, Betty Ruth. Ruth. Hallelujah. She hates me calling her full name. But you know, she just goes by Betty. But I do it anyways. Um, my family, for me, is a testament of transformation, right? It's what I'm sharing with y'all about the practices that I have. Um, um, when I moved back home from Virginia... Number one, I, I really hated being there. It was not a safe place for me. Um, and three months after I left, Lamia Beard, who was the first trans woman who was reported murder in 2015 in Norfolk, Virginia, had um, been murdered and shot seven times while she was on the stroll. Um, again, this is Lamia Beard. She's best friends with one of my best friends. She's one of the girls. I sat in her hotel room, baby, gave her condoms, left early so she can have her date, came back. She played the flute for me. That is Lamia Beard. Everybody say Lamia Beard. Lamia Beard. Let's bring her into the space. And um, I came back home with the intention of two things. Number one, I was on the phone with one of my babies. Shout out to my babies at home. And he told me that grandma had said, um, he called me, he said, grandma said I was going to hell. I said, why is is grandma telling you stuff like that? You know, Um, we talked about it. In that moment, I was like, oh, I really need to get home. Me going home just every Christmas is not enough to transform these children, baby, mm-hmm. to transform their hearts and minds. They don't know who I am, and people are feeding them things that they don't need to be fed because they love me. So my first commitment was going home to be with my babies. My second commitment was also, bitch, to be with my family because I love them. And again, and I know they love me because at the same time, my grandma cussing me out and throwing plates at me and all of the things, all of us cussing everybody out. She's still saying I love you. She's still laughing with us. She's 
still holding us when we cry, right? And so she just may not have the capacity. So I had commitment, again, be with my babies and to transform my relationships with my family. When I got there, baby, me and my mama was fighting just like we was fighting three months before I got there, right? Me and my my uncle was misgendering me. I mean, all of the things that I was afraid of to come back home and do, they were doing, I was living in it. I had to take a step back and say, I remember my intention. I know why I came home. And it don't feel good to me, but that's what the fuck I want. Mm. And I made the commitment to say, well, when my grandma, when Betty Ruth cussed me out, instead of me getting mad and shutting down and walking out, I'm going to laugh and make her matter. (laughs) (laughs) And my laughter, essentially, she's going to start laughing too. Mm. And I just had to try it. Four years later, it low-key works, right? I said, when my grandma is cussing the kids out and she telling my babies, you know, to shut the hell up and do all the things, I'm going to empower the babies to stop what they're doing, to say, grandma, we listening to you. And how we got there, how we got there, one day she was screaming and screaming and screaming. I was like, mama, just stop fussing, mama. Mm-hmm. Uh, why are you fussing, Mama? Cause ain't nobody listening to me. Ah, babies, do y'all hear Grandma? Yeah, we hear her. Mama, did you hear that? They said they heard you. What did y'all hear her say? She said that she tired of us because we're not cleaning up, and she don't want us to be in the. I said, Mama, they they heard you. You gonna stop fussing? Cause they hear you. And again, one of the biggest things that we're magical about, y'all, is our ability to transform hearts and minds and all of the sheds, right? And again, if we are being intentional, all of us, if the whole family says, bitch, we're going to do a motherfucking culture shift, right? If the family agrees to that, we are now in a new agreement and commitment and contract so that we're on a playing field that now everybody can hold each other accountable Mm. we still don't have the skills so again it takes a little bit of practice Mm -hmm. so how how do we build those skills though because here we go you number one (laughs) (laughs) you number one you again make the intention you make the intention you figure out what you want and don't be scared of it even though it may be fearful even though you may be scared, don't be scared of it. One of my intentions or commitments to myself, shout out to Jenner of the Somatics and everybody, Luna, hallelujah. Um, but one of my commitments is trusting, I'm a commitment to trusting and believing that I am loved for the sake of my consistent power and my sanity. Because yeah. when I, <coughs> thank you. <laughs> Because when I'm home and I don't feel like Beta Ruth loved me, when I don't feel like my mama loved me or hear me or see me or anything, baby, do I go insane? Baby, do I feel annoyed? Do I want to run away? All of the things, yes. But I remind myself that I'm actually worthy and deserving to be there because that's my motherfucking family. Mm. Right? 
And so it is that intention. And so then after you made the commitment, you build some practices around that commitment. Mm -hmm. So one of my practices was what? I said that I was going to stay in it. I was going to, when grandma, when Betty Ruth scream, I'm going to interrupt. And I'm going to tell her why. And I'm going to allow her to hear herself. I'm going to help reflect back to what she hearing because she already said that she told you what it was. But sometimes if we're not present, especially us girls, right? I'm just saying we want if we want the change, we all got to do something different. So I'm not necessarily putting all the labor on us, but I'm saying we got the juice, we got the sauce, and that it mm. takes the whole family mm. to make the commitment to transform and to hold each other accountable so that we can stop dying. Oh my God, I want to thank all of our new patrons this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yay, 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 yay. So, not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast, you know, I also donate to other podcasts, I donate to other organizations. I have my finger on the post of the community and I know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here so you're not only helping to sustain us you're helping to sustain other people in a community because I put my money where my mouth is you know that's just the kind of bitch I am community is fuck (laughs) so thank you I really really appreciate you and if you have not become a patron why have you not you can donate as low as a dollar a month it doesn't matter anything helps please do i have to play sarah mclaughlin and show you puppies like what do i have to do do i have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money <laughs> all righty anyway thank y'all and the patreon and paypal link is at the bottom back to the show but there i think it's okay to say that right it's okay to say that we need to take responsibility for ourselves and our families get our people our together cuz we can be in movement space we can be in relationship to the girls all day we're in relationship to each other and in community because don't nobody everybody else like they don't want us Mm-hmm. So we found ourselves and we love on ourselves and that's what the fuck we're supposed to do. That's community. Right. But you can't tell me, you cannot tell me that none of us desire to be with our families. Mm-hmm. Do y'all desire to be with your family a little bit more than sometimes we want to be mm-hmm. with your friends? Just a little bit. <laughs> sometimes. Then, just a little bit. But then we ask why? <laughs> because they don't have the capacity to do what? Love us. Right. In the ways that we truly desire, because they don't hear us like our friends do. They don't listen to us or see us in the ways that our friends do. And so we are safer with them and in community. But if family was community. Yeah. It would be a different story and situation. Mm -hmm. So, again, if we are teaching because there are some friends in your family. Right, everybody's your friend. I got a good friend in my family. Right. Number one, all my babies are my friends. Takari, Darian, Julius, Joshua, Jason, Diamond. All my babies are my friends. Um, but also, uh, uh, yeah, and I just feel like um, if we all, and I know that when we all make the commitment and we truly understand, you know, pronouns, yes, thank you for the past five years, pronouns. You've gotten us through the door. Right. Okay. Right. <laughs> Baby, you've gotten us through the door, but pronouns are not enough when it's time for a culture shift. It is like, an, it is hard. It's Iyala fixed my life times mm-hmm. five with a little more love and compassion mm-hmm. and a little more patience and kindness and respect mm-hmm. come through. So again, people could be what in their full dignity and all mm-hmm. of the things. It is those things that um, or are those things 
that again shift our relationship to each other. When my uncle, when my cousins, when the babies feel empowered to protect me and to shut my uncle down or to shut somebody else down, what are they going to do? Pick up a belt and try to whoop them. But we're, we know how to love each other and protect each other now. So the babies won't even allow that to happen. Mm-hmm. We're talking about ending violence for all of the women, the girls, the femme folks. That takes a different intentionality a different commitment, an intentional commitment, and it takes some practice. And we got to learn how to talk to each other so we can hear each other so that we can do this because mm-hmm. it can be done. And you have to make sure that, because if you think about, she just talked about her friend who was on the host row when she got murdered. Why was she on the host row? Thank you. Let's bring the put. Come on now. Because she can get a job, right? Yeah. Survive. Survive. Right. So... If you, we talk about family being community, if you are family, Mm. we're not just talking about blood relatives. I know we kind of, we in that space, but it's it's families, like allies as well, um, families in the community, all family, our whole community. If you are not, like I said, doing things that get us off the whole straw and that's giving us jobs. Right. um, Giving us shelter, um, putting us in a situation where we can what they like to say, pull ourselves up by the bootstraps. If you put us in situations where we can do things mm-hmm. and not pushing us out of resources, yes. um, then we won't be on the whole straw for guys to murder us. Mm-hmm. Um, we won't, and if you are giving us, if you are opening up your capacity to love and include us in that love, we won't be out here looking at men who have trauma themselves and bringing them into our home. Because sometimes a lot of trans women are in relationship, unhealthy relationships because we're just looking for them that scrap of love that we're trying to feel that nobody else has given us. Mm-hmm. Like, we, 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 you know, sometimes this guy, if I got an addiction and he got an addiction, that bringing us together, that ain't healthy. <laughs> but because we both out here with no family, no nothing, we finding love in each other. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that happens, and we with, we're with these men who have gone through trauma, who are um, who are on who, who who are traumatized themselves, and sometimes that's just a mixture for death. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's just a mixture for us to hurt each other. Because I know I will wear you we, out. <laughs> we can't leave here though mm-hmm. without calling out the police. Okay, because as we talk about um, our relationship to patriarchy and capitalism Mm -hmm. and And white supremacy and the state. Right. Mm -hmm. We're talking about how we are dying. You just made the correlation or kind of told the cycle. Normally, we're put out by our families or we leave because Mm -hmm. we don't feel safe, which puts us on the street, which puts us at higher risk to be susceptible to um, uh, uh, different illnesses and things and to violence. Right. Mm -hmm. Number one, it puts us in uh, jeopardy to be involved with the police. So as we're talking about who's murdering us, who's causing violence, yeah, you may not, um, there are many reports of black trans women, black gender non-conforming people uh, being killed by police officers, but again, it is the state and their lack of resources that they are providing for us that allow us to not have beds, like currently in Atlanta, for people living with HIV, right? Um, uh, In Atlanta, um, hopper providers, organizations uh, who 
service people living with HIV has not been um, they have not received the their the federal grant to um, for to house people living with HIV. I'm coming mm-hmm. into the things. I'm sorry, it's a little shift from personal to state things, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. but. Um, and so it is um, the state who holds those resources away from us, right? And who don't take the time to, um, to really, again, hear and respect the experiences of black trans people or trans mm-hmm. people um, who keep those resources away from us. Absolutely. Um, and so it is the police who harass us um, when we're engaging in sex work, right? Mm-hmm. It is them saying, let me uh, suck my dick so, and I won't take you to jail. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It is, though, it, is, it is the police who are putting us at more violence, throwing us in the cage where we are more susceptible to mm-hmm. things like HIV mm-hmm. or to more harm or violence, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so again, as I even bring back up what I was just saying around how families are protecting each other, again, it's us reimagining Imagining a world without cages and us reimagining a world without police where we no longer have to look to the state for protection, but we look to each other, right? Mm-hmm. These are the same uh, ways in which the Black Panthers moved, right? Um, and communities of color did for centuries, mm-hmm. right? And so it is us who have to reimagine. It's us who have to make the demands. Mm-hmm. And we do that by uh, collaboration and collectiveness or collectivism. But we can't do that if we don't listen to each other. Absolutely. If we don't show up for each other mm-hmm. in the ways that we deserve to be. Absolutely. Say that again, baby. Be an example. Be modeling what transformation looks like for each other. If we're not doing that, then of course the state, of course Kemp, of course Kemp will win and beat Stacey. Of course. Mm. Of course. And yes, we can organize, we can mobilize. But again, what we're talking about is a culture shift mm. that takes more than the season of a, a season of election. Mm. Right. It takes more than that. Right. And again, how are we doing that? What baby is going to be born tomorrow or tonight in an hour after people watch this that say, bitch, let's commit to a culture shift in this family. When are we going to start doing that? That's the work. Well, so along those lines, what can people who are not family members do? What can allies do? Because, you know, there is this with this. They are family, though. Like allies are part of your family. Like I don't, right. I don't need to be blood relative to you right. for you to right. understand that we are in community together. But specifically, right. what can they do? Because what's ha- been happening recently is that you see these news articles that are posted mm-hmm. online, and people share them and say like, "Oh yes, you know, this is horrible, this is awful." But like, what can they concretely do? Okay. Mm. So there was an article. Uh, it slips my mind, and I'm so sorry because you worked really hard, baby, on that article. Uh, the 100 ways to for allies to did y'all see that on Facebook a few days ago? Yes, read the article, bitch. Okay, <laughs> because she gives she they give everything that you need. The 100 ways of being in relationship and honoring and respecting lives. I think that um again people can um. People can have friends of trans experience. They can stand up for them. 
or choose not to in certain moments. They can be perpetuators of violence in their own ways. Um, and I don't necessarily, I think, like I said, read the thing, read the 100 ways, because they'll give you the, the tactical, but at the same time, what I think I'm, I'm getting to is that what is the concrete way? Families commit to a motherfucking culture shift so that <laughs> our girls can stop dying, so that your girls and your people, your babies, can stop dying. Because like you said earlier, my mama, she already had to mourn the loss of what she dreamed and cultivated in her womb. Mm -hmm. And she had to transition and be well in her mind and her spirit to know how to protect me in this form, love me in this form, talk to me, listen to me in this form. Mm -hmm. She's already, she, she had to do it. And when you commit to a culture shift and say, read, say we're going to commit to a culture shift, then go out and print the 100 things. And print a few more articles out there because it's on there. It's Google, all of the things. Then you say, y'all, this is what I'm going to tolerate in my house, grandmas. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm not going to tolerate in my house. And when that baby boy picks up the doll or when he picks up the hula hoop, y'all better smack them hands of the men who come behind with a word or with something that is not allowing that baby to have fun and be in their full dignity and be in, their, in all of their glory. Mm -hmm. Smack their hands down. Commit to a culture shift to protect each other. When your daughter says that someone molested her, you believe her. Yes. In that moment, you commit to a culture shift. When your baby says, mama, I don't like him, Listen to him because he loves you more than you love yourself because of what you've created and dreamed for in your womb. I'm not a girl. Mm. You're not a freak. So commit to a culture shift to hear each other better and differently, to be present with each other and our babies differently. That's what we can do. And we know that our girls are going to keep dying. Your girls are going to keep dying. But when we commit to something together, it will transform. If you're in a space of power and you can hire people. Come through. And you look around your Get team. tangibles. Ask yourself, what could a trans woman do if she's in this space to help your company grow? We know how to hustle. Baby. What else we know how to do, y'all? Hustle, we what else? To, we, know how, we know how to make successes. Listen. Understand. Right. Be creative. <laughs> do all of the things. Because of the fire that we are under to survive, right. we got certain skills that can't nobody else give you. Mm -hmm. So bring us to the table and let us show you how we can make your companies grow. Yeah. Yes. Bring us to the table. Mm -hmm. um, but, and, right, not to, and remember I said, don't just bring us to the table to sit there and be pretty. Right. <laughs> but understand and listen to what we need. Because we, we come to the offer. table and you still got to take care of us. We still need insurance. We need health care benefits. We need benefits. Uh, we, need, we need benefits. We need benefits. We need benefits. We need 401k. We need 401k. We need all of the things. We need our moans. We need a break from talking to all these people who haven't committed yet to a culture shift, bitch. There was an incident. There was an incident recently. 
have y'all heard about the documentary about Marsha P. Johnson? Mm-hmm. And, yes. Um, and you know how the person who produced it allegedly stole one little girl's research to mm-hmm. make that documentary. Mm-hmm. So think of like let's let's learn from that person's mistake. Yeah. If you know a trans woman is out here doing work, sow some seeds in her work. Yeah. Don't just mm-hmm. steal it. Right. So some steeds in their work. If they're like, I remember there was this this um, article that was saying that Puff Daddy and Jay Z was creating this app called the Black Wall Street and da 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 da. But there's a black woman who already has done that. And so if they, I don't know if that how much of that is true, but to say that they had the resources to create it, give it to the black woman. She's already doing it. Let her start it. It's like you have to take the resources you have, and it doesn't have to be always money. It could be a place. It could be, oh, I got this house that I can, um, if is, if there's a trans woman looking to start a support group, I can give her space for free. Come on. It's so many things that you can do. Yes. It's not just giving money. If you got the coins, we need it. But, but it's so many things that you can do. There's so many talents that you, um, that you have access to that you can bring to the table. There's, uh, it's just a play. I can't tell you all the steps. It's what resources you have mm-hmm. in your privilege. I can't tell you what it is because I don't, I can't assess your privilege. But whatever you have, I'm not privileged. <laughs> well, some ways I, in some, in some ways I am. Um, if you, if just whatever you have, access, what you got. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Take care of yourself. No, we don't want to take from you. Keep yourself grounded but any little extra you got where are you putting that how are you sowing those seeds to make somebody grow yeah even if it's not us i know some black women that need it i know some gay folks that need it i know somebody that you might care about a little bit more that's a needed but be an ally and spread that privilege out so we got two things Mm mm-hmm Everybody say it with me, so the folks at home, so it's embodied and we're practicing, <laughs> you know, together what these things, because I know so many more. But together on this stage, in the little short time that we have, we came up with two things. I want the audience to be thinking about more, and y'all at home, think about more. Two things. Number one, commit to a culture shift. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Everybody say it with me. Commit, commit to, to a culture, culture shift. shift. Right now. Right now. What that means, right now, hallelujah. And what that means, again, we're practicing and we're reimagining a world where we're no longer in cages, that we're hearing ourselves, each other differently, being with each other differently, loving each other differently. Once again, number one, commit to a culture shift. Commit to a culture shift. Number two, now. Number two, Ms. Diamond Style says, invest in trans leadership. Everybody say it with me. Invest in trans leadership. Give the coins, give the space, give the resources, give the time, give respect, honor the dignity, the width and the lives Mm -hmm. of us. Get to know our magic. Yeah. What we're magic for and when we are in the space that you've invested in, mm-hmm. allow our magic of transforming that space to live and breathe. We got two things. What are they, y'all? Commit to a culture shift. And invest in trans, trans leadership. leadership. Now. Right. right now. Yes. Now. Yeah. What, about, what about civic engagement, though, around mm. that as well? Come through number community. three. 
Um, because I feel like that's something we don't talk about a lot as a community. Mm -hmm. We're so busy just trying to survive and mm -hmm. trying to succeed that we often forget that there's this whole political monster that we have, we have a voice and we have power and we can use it that way. Absolutely. Yes. What is your experience with that? For, know your blind spots. Know that... What, do, what, who aren't you seeing? Who, who aren't at the table? Like, for example, I know because we, we wear the pretty dresses and because patriarchy says to put women on display, where's the trans men? Mm -hmm. They're here too. They're out here doing beautiful work. Mm-hmm. Courtney Ziegler, I think he's in the, he's from the Bay Area, right? Mm -hmm. He's doing mm -hmm. beautiful work, creating mm -hmm. apps, using tech to innovate shit. We out here. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's so many people that should be brought to the table because they have things to offer. So make sure you're, you're thinking about your blind spots and how are you fixing them? Mm -hmm. Like, who are you not seeing? Who are you not speaking to? Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I feel like I want to talk about men because I don't want to leave them out mm -hmm. because they have to understand that, like, mm. like y'all upholding this patriarchy and not letting yourself be free. Like you, some of these reasons why you got to hold this toxic masculinity, you hold it up. You are the reason why you can't be free sexually. You are not allowing, you are, y'all are policing other niggas' dicks. Like y'all are worrying about what other dude is doing. Be, worrying about, it, to me, I feel like they play a part. They have to hold themselves accountable for upholding this system that does not allow them to yeah. love who they want to love. Mm. Whether it be a man, whether it be um, a trans person, whether it be whatever. A big girl. Well, a big girl. Because right. there's Little a connection there girls, too. Big titty girls. <laughs> you know, I, I've talked to a lot of plus size women that say, you know, y'all talk about dudes just trying to come over and mess with y'all late at night. I got a dude that does that to me too. Yeah. Mm. I remember I was in high school and I was messing with this boy and he... Wanted me not to tell people that we was messing around together. Yes. Just because I was a big girl. And I'm like, yeah, that's something where we can relate to. That's another thing to look shared at. Struggles. Uh, shared struggles. That's if, if we pay attention to what we have in, in common, mm -hmm. we can move some make a culture shift. Mm -hmm. We can oh. move some stuff forward and say and worry about what we have in difference. And that's really with cis women and trans women because mm -hmm. statistically we all out here getting killed by them. Mm -hmm. You feel right. what I'm saying? We all right. out here getting killed right. by them. Huh? It's intimate. It's intimate partner relationship that's a leading mm -hmm. cause of death. That's not a disease for black women and trans black trans mm -hmm. women. Right. Like it's they're they're not just killing us. So this is not an epidemic. I remember um this particular year um Queer women of color were coming up dead, like the first beginning of the year, like on yeah. December, like the 28th of 2017, like queer women of color were just popping up. A lot of them was dead. Yeah. And we didn't, and they were just thinking that they were just, oh, these just friends is just dying. And they weren't reporting them right. They don't report our deaths right either. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They they report us as hymns and man body found and da 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 da. They're doing the same thing to black queer women. Can I share, um, in Atlanta, um, uh, the Solutions Not Punishment Collaborative, a.k.a. SNAP, call everybody say SNAP for Freedom. Mm -hmm. SNAP, SNAP for, for freedom. freedom. Yes, a brilliant organization <laughs> that I'm honored to be the director of um, in Atlanta. Um, over the past two years, we have supported, three years, we've supported over five families who experienced murder. Um, and two of those folks um, in particular this year, um, 
one person named Nino Fortson, um, who was murdered in South Atlanta um, back in May. And Nino was a black queer woman um, who identified as nonconforming. Um, and, you know, for some of us, you know, they were studs. Some of us, they was, you know, you know, you know all of the things. Um, but... Again, it's those stories that don't get told, right? And it's those murders of all of us um, that we overlook. Um, so just to put a story out there in the space, just giving love and honor to Nino. Everybody say Nino. Nino. Everybody say Shaniku. Shaniku. And everybody say Titi. Titi. All women in um, Atlanta who were murdered, who identified as queer or trans. Mm -hmm. And just thinking about all of our girls and folks in Chicago this year. Mm. Um, and just giving love and honor to the girls who had to bury them mm. um, and had to rally behind their deaths um, in Chicago and all over this world. Um, yeah, I just wanted to take a moment to do that. I've been hearing, like, is T-Door just happened, right? Yes. Last and week. I've been hearing a lot about them not even let black trans women speak at Twitter. Not here, not in San Francisco. What type of shit is <laughs> it that? Didn't happen, Hattie. Like you're not the people who are most affected. Mm. You're not letting them speak. Mm. Like that. Why do we let them get away with it? Why? Why this is? Why is this not? Why is this not an outrage? Like it's it's this is. If you are ally and you was at a T-Door thing mm -hmm. and you didn't say, where are the black trans women? But all allies aren't allies, honey. Uh -uh. Amen. Y'all better talk to us. Come on. <laughs> it's like, we got to hold our, we got to hold ourselves accountable. That's just what I wanted. We got to hold ourselves accountable to that. We only have one minute left for our discussion. Mm -hmm. I wanted to Perfect. close it out with a quote, mm -hmm. but then we have some audience questions, right? Is that right? Mm -hmm. Okay, wonderful. So this quote kind of relates to the last part that we just addressed and talked about. People are often ashamed. I'm sorry, let me say that this is also by activist Jamal Lewis, who is a filmmaker and writer. And I'll, I'm thank sorry. Thank you, baby. Fatima. Oh, thank okay. you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Activist Fatima Lewis, also known as at Fat Femme on Instagram. Um, the quote goes like this. People are often ashamed that trans and gender nonconforming bodies produce pleasure for them. And they're also fearful that others might find out. This is similar to something the poet Claudia Rankine wrote about police violence. Mm -hmm. Because white men can't police their imagination, black people are dying. Mm. Similar, similarly, trans women and gender nonconforming people of color are dying because people, especially cisgender men and women, cannot police their imaginations. Mm. 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 One more time? <laughs> okay. People are often ashamed that trans and gender nonconforming bodies produce pleasure for them. And they're also fearful that others might find out. This is similar to something the poet Claudia Rankine wrote about police violence. Because white men can't police their imagination, black people are dying. Mm. Similarly, trans women and gender nonconforming people of color are dying because people, especially cisgender men and women, cannot police their imaginations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So thank you for the discussion. Thank you. Thank you. It's here for our panelists.
And the conversation isn't over yet. We're going to open this up to audience questions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Michelle and I have have some of your questions. We're going to keep this short because we are actually running over a bit. Um, So I'll also kindly ask if we could maybe keep the answers brief just so we can get as many questions in as possible. Right. Um, why don't I go first since I already have the mic? <laughs> Someone in the audience asks, uh, why are women of color typically incarcerated and how does it differ from overarching you know, mass incarceration? Does anyone know? <clears throat> Can you ask the question one more time? Mm-hmm. Sure, uh, sorry. Um, why are women, why, excuse me, why are trans women of color typically incarcerated and how does that differ from you know, overall mass incarceration that we're seeing? It's no different as racism. It's like, um, that's just the, the way of the world. You can Google. There's a whole documentary called 13th that Ava did. That it, There's a history that goes back from slavery that leads up to here where they have tried to police and change things and um, um, create an atmosphere where we are being... Mm. Yeah. Why are we dying in custody? This is a part of a, cult, a culture that does not value black bodies. Mm-hmm. So this yeah. is what's going to happen. They're going to try to put us in cages. They're going to kill us. They are going to exploit us. This is just what, this is mm-hmm. what when you're in a system yeah. of white supremacy and racism, that's just this is what happens. This is, but this is how it's intended to be. Yeah, <laughs> it's working. The system is working. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Set up because I, of the numbers. Clearly, oh my God, our system is working. They should give themselves a hand. And I think <laughs> that um, I think that to say that um, trans people are saying that we experience um, more incarceration or that we experience more violence. We're simply just sharing our story of how violent it is for us, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that women across. Experience across identities and experience. Um, um, none, nobody should be in a cage, right? Mm-hmm. No mm-hmm. one should be in a cage arrested and that whole process. Um, and so um, it is about all of us um, reimagining. Um, yeah, it's about all of us reimagining and it's about all of us um, oh, I lost my thought, but I just <laughs> wanted to say we're not saying that was the main piece. We're not saying that we experience more violence. We're just sharing what kind of violence that we experience. Mm-hmm. Um, no one should be in a cage, mm-hmm. and women across experiences um, are are currently organizing um, because, like I said earlier, we all across movements are desiring the same things: dignity and respect. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, it is that you're not going to find that in a cage. Um, and we all know that as black folks, as people of color, we have the solutions to all of our shit that we're facing. Um, are we being heard? Are there more systems being created? Because we do know those solutions. Absolutely. They 10 steps ahead of us. Right. Um, but we continue to be in resistance by organizing and organizations like Women on the Rise in Atlanta and Free Her um, across the national campaign. 
are doing the work um, to bring those experiences and stories um, of women across identities to light. I would just want to jump right in really quickly on the respectability part, because I think respectability politics has a really large part to play, right? Absolutely. It is like not respected to be black. It's not respectable to be a woman right. and it is not respectable to be trans. So all of those things, I think, are multiple layers of oppression and Absolutely. also make it harder to get a job and force you into underground economies, Absolutely. which make you more at risk for being in prison. So there's multiple layers of all of this, but I think it really does go all back to respectability. And Patricia Hill Collins talks about that. Her, she calls it the dom- the matrix of domination. So she people have already been doing work, especially black <laughs> feminists. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> they already right. done the work. They got books out for you, so you yeah. can research that. <laughs> Thank you for that question. As a trans woman of color, how do we fight for visibility when we're being killed? To be proud and trans trans seems suicidal. Mm. Mm. It's not. It's not suicidal. You can be out here. That okay. We have ancestors that have paved the way for us to be on this stage, and we got to give them honor and the work and the struggle that they went through. We those are, those days are behind us. The, the one good thing about the visibility is that you know you can see people like yourself on TV now. Mm-hmm. You can know that you are you are not alone. There was people back in the day who the standard of care was to don't talk to your family, the, your family no more. Just go, just transition and go, and just don't tell anybody anything. Well, isolation was <laughs> the standard of care. We don't, we're not in those days no more. So mm-hmm. you can be out here and be free. You, of course, you gotta be safe and be mindful of your surroundings and your environment, but you can be free. You have the hope now. We mm. see it. Mm. And to that, um, to trans folks around the world, um, to women and films around the world, just remember that you are worthy, you are powerful, and you are enough. And that alone means that to be visible is all right, baby. Mm-hmm. It's all right. You're worthy of being visible mm-hmm. despite the fears, despite other people's, um, you're worthy and deserving of it. Um, and visibility doesn't have to mean being here on the stage or pumping through with a big old trans sign. Mm-hmm. It's just existing. Mm-hmm. It's just existing mm-hmm. and not being afraid to be seen, even in the moments where violence is being targeted at us, mm-hmm. right? You're worthy of it because there are people in community and there are people in family who want you to be here. There are babies who need and want you to be here. And so it's not about this over-visibility of a thing and online sharing my transition story on YouTube. It's not about that. Mm-mm. You are worthy powerful and enough to be here just because and understand there was a um there audrey lord talks about um the shape of my impact understand that you that's what you should should, don't focus on the fear focus on what can your impact be in your own community Mm -hmm. even if you're in rural arkansas or you're in new york wherever you are what can your impact be what's the shape what does your impact look like in your own community focus on that don't focus on the fear very good. We're at the point now where we've got time probably for one more question from each of us. Oh, no. Sorry, and you, you <laughs> folks wrote great questions. We, we, could go this, we could go on for like all night, but <laughs> they'll turn the lights out on us. Um, turn the lights off like Beyonce. <laughs> okay, so someone in the audience also asked, what can we as trans women do to get the police to reactivate cold case files on trans women Ooh. of color? Yes, Ooh, absolutely. Um, 
local power and community organizing and mm-hmm. base building is so important. And we talked briefly about civic engagements. Mm-hmm. And so it is literally finding models of policies, mm-hmm. um, state policies, mm-hmm. policies in other countries. Just do mm-hmm. some research. Girls, in your hood, you can do this, mm-hmm. right? You can do the research to find model policies rewrite your own policies, right? Mm-hmm. Take the words, is what I'm telling you, is what you do. You take the words, you look at the policies, you'd be like, okay, look at the policy for your local, uh, where you are locally or statewide, and you say, okay, I need this word to say like this because this is remodeled like this, and find you a champion in City Hall, mm. find you a champion in the legislator, teach them, educate them, educate everybody around them, and pass the bill, Mm-hmm. because it's legislation and you can pass it and you can organize and you can get hundreds and hundreds of people to show up to tell stories. You can do this. We've done it in Atlanta. They've done it here in San Francisco, mm-hmm. right? Um, you, you can do it. You yeah. can do it. I know, baby. <laughs> yeah. They don't have nobody. Right. 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 I mean, I think it's have to. I think it's knowing who to hold accountable. Right. I think that uh, number one, we need to get trans people elected in San Francisco. Right. We need to get trans people in power. Um, number two, though, I think we need to really look at like who we have access to, and I think that the board of supervisors is a place where we can really u- utilize them, utilize Absolutely. our supervisors in the city, and make sure that they are putting pressure on the police. That we are putting. Ple- pressure on the police through the police commission. I think that we have to attack it from multiple um, fronts. And I do realize also, like, this is also something that people who, even if you have, are formerly incarcerated, even if you can't vote, these are all things that you can do and participate in to really make a difference in your own city. Mm. (laughs) I was going to say that. (laughs) Honey's running. Okay, I'm going to combine the last few questions that I have into one. It seems to be of of mind and kind of along the similar vein for many of us who are allies or we consider ourselves as allies. And so I know that we've touched on it in terms of what allies need to do, what are some examples, but you know, at times as allies, we might even give ourselves excuses like, but we give money to Transgender Law Center. We, we write the check or we run the organizations that save lives. I think that we can go a little bit deeper, and if you wouldn't mind, both of you, it's to so really... Funny. What? <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just so funny. Not, not the question. I'm so sorry. But y'all... Mm-hmm. Right. You know what the fuck to do. You know what the fuck to do. And if we need to say it in a different way on this stage... There needs to be a what? Culture Culture shift. shift. (laughs) And because y'all really don't want it, (laughs) because y'all really don't know how to do it, you're going to keep asking this question. Because Because that's not what what we're used to. And baby, it's okay. We know it. Well, I'm I'm going to throw something out there. Reprioritization. Mm. Right? Because we've placed other folks... I know. I, I, I I'm get sorry, it. I'm sorry. I'm laughing at no. my girls. <laughs> they need to prioritize why we're always being left out and why, and why they always come to us and apologize for all their bullshit. I'm sorry. Absolutely. Yes. Go ahead. Finish your question. It, it, it's along those. I, I think that we need to hear. Um, and, and the fact that 
at this point, it's laughable is actually for many of us, we need to wake up. Yeah. We've, we've missed it's the it, it's reminiscent. It's reminiscent of when white women, I think I, I, I was listening to Red Table Talk mm-hmm. and the white woman was like, I just don't know how to talk to black women about race. I just, I just Girl, feel they're just so talk. angry. And I, I feel like I'm just going to say the wrong things and da, 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 da. Risk it. Risk saying the wrong things. Practice. Risk it. Say, I want to make a change right. and I might say the wrong things but I'm not my intention is not that and I want you to I want to learn I want to do this I want to do that what can I do right now risk it risk it risk it stop being scared stop being scared stop doing craziness it's not it's not okay to sit back and be complacent you have to say Look, I'm gonna put myself out there. Yes. Mm. This is what I think. This mm. may be wrong, but how can I make this mm. better? I'm really excited that you said that because things get nuanced. Because mm. at the same time you're saying that we also have things out like a hundred ways of being with, you know, a trans person. So mm. if we're constantly telling y'all, say this, don't say this, right. do this, whoa, blah, 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 then you're gonna be scared to interact with us. Right. Mm-hmm. You're gonna be scared to interact with each other. And so what we're saying It's not our job to do your labor. It is not. It's not our job. Like this is your shit to work out. It's not us. Exactly. We too busy trying to survive. Right. Yes. I'm too busy trying to pay my bills. I'm too busy trying to not to get beat up on a bus when somebody clocked my teeth cuz I'm trying to go to work. I'm trying to get some moans. However, yes. It is not our job to teach you how to see our fucking humanity. Like, like, I'm sitting right here in front of you. How do you not see who the fuck I am? Mm. And I'm telling you, come on. Like, you have to be able to stop being scary. Stop acting like you dumb. Like, we ain't, like, there hasn't been books written about this shit for years. Mm. Like, like you decades. Ain't got your babies like, in your, if you are present on. with your babies, you can see the trajectory of their spirit. Mm-hmm. You can see it. You can feel it. You can be in it. So again, we're just asking everybody to do what? Com- Culture share. Make a commitment to it. Change right. yourself. What are you giving? Right. Challenge yourself. And you also privilege that are you giving up? also give money to organizations that are doing the work. So Absolutely. Yes. Organizations like TGIJP. And hold the ones that are getting your fucking money accountable. Right. If they're getting right. your money and they're not hiring, if you don't see no Y'all trans know. people on the board, don't give your money to them people. That's right. why I'm really right. trying to right. Don't give your money. If right. you don't see, if you don't yeah. see trans people working for that organization. Right. Right. It ain't no shame, which is why I'm really trying to stay away from those you know, we, we thank God we had two hours, but to stay, but to stay away from the, the nuanced pieces of what should I do? What should I say? Who should I hire? How? There's people out here doing the work. So give your coins. You don't know what to say. Sit right. back. Write that right, check. Exactly. Say, here you go. Yeah, exactly. But if they, understand, look at the organization. Mm-hmm. If, they, if they say they are helping trans folks mm-hmm. and they don't have any trans folk on their staff, they're shady. They're not doing the work. Mm-hmm. And your money, HRC, if you see them not doing what you're supposed to do, what they're supposed to do, hold them accountable. It's, yes. Not commission. <laughs> yes. Honey, if they're not doing the work, <laughs> if they're supporting politicians that's shady, right. don't. Don't support them. Do don't support them. So basically do your research. And then get give the money where it's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Thank you all so much for being here tonight. <laughs> Let's give another round of applause for our panelists, Ms. Tony Michelle Williams, who's with Solutions Not Punishment Collaborative out of Atlanta, Georgia. Diamond Styles influencer, co-host of the podcast Marsha's Plate, and our very own Honey Mahogany. Mayor one day and the executive director of Compton's Transgender Cultural District. Exactly. Thank you to our partners, Human Rights Commission, the Commonwealth Club, the Michelle Miao Show, and of course to our sponsor, San Francisco Pride. And there's one person I'd like to bring up here tonight. She is so wonderful and she is so hardworking. Come on. Miss Arya Saeed, who's with Cool Culture Initiative. If y'all can show her some love, she she did this. She did all this. I just want everyone to, to know that it was Aria, really, who picked up the phone and said, we need to have this conversation. And everything that we had learned from our panelists tonight in terms of redistribution of power, giving back resources, giving the platform, all of it came into transformation. It really was because... Aria picked up the phone and said, give me the power. So thank you, Aria. Well, that's it. Thank you for coming and getting a taste of Marsha's Plate. You can listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure you leave a review because we really need those five stars, y'all. And go like our Facebook page and leave some comments. We will be posting exclusive content every Thursday, so you definitely don't want to miss out. You can also follow us on Twitter and any other social media site at Marsha's Plate. If you'd like to donate or advertise with us, hit us up at diamondstyles at gmail.com. That's diamondstylz at gmail.com. And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye-bye. You going to say bye, Mia? Oh, bye, y'all. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Every little thing's going to be all right.